Uh, Chase Kitty, of course, joins us every week. Host the Lions Edge podcast, sports betting analyst for BetMGM. Let's start with the games tonight. You on anything tonight? Getting our little our little sample of March Madness. Uh, yeah, I th- I thought Corpus Christi. I mean, I know this doesn't help anybody now. I thought Corpus Christi was one of the better bets probably available on the board all week so far. Uh, at three and a half, they're just way better than Southeast Missouri. I, I get that it's a battle of 16 seeds, so everybody looks at that and thinks, oh, this is kind of a crapshoot. But one of those teams was way better than the other. Uh, so I'd be pretty surprised if, if uh, they blow this down the stretch. Uh, NIT action, I like Eastern Washington plus the 10 and a half. That's a late tip tonight, 11 p.m. over on the West Coast. Uh, I They played in November, and Eastern Washington got absolutely blown out. But you know how it is with some of those low major teams first couple weeks of the year they just they don't have it yet i think it'll be a much more competitive game and 10 and a half points is an awful lot for a tournament game even if it is the nit uh and then uh, nba prop i'm on devin booker under 29 and a half uh he has been on a tear of late but his uh his personal splits against milwaukee aren't great i don't think he's hit this number uh i don't think he's had 30 points against the bucks since game five of the finals when the suns played the bucks a couple years ago Love it, man. Let's go to the NCAA tournament. Let's go to the Utah State-Missouri game because I think a lot of people look at a 7-10 and 10 matchup and would figure the 7 seed to be favored. But Utah State now a 1.5-point favorite over Missouri. The total sitting at 154.5. What would you do with this game? I've kind of fallen in love with this Utah State team. Obviously, I don't trust that conference, but them being favored I think is kind of telling in this game here. I cannot remember a time where I was this turned around on one conference, on, on every Mountain West team. Uh, I, I think Northwestern's playing Boise State. So I'm going to go back to the game you just asked about in a second. Northwestern's playing Boise State. Boise State opened it as a one-and-a-half-point favorite, just like Utah State did. Uh, San Diego State obviously is a favorite as a five seed playing against College of Charleston. That one makes a little more sense. But to go 0 for 8 in your last eight games, and then you come out, and the three teams that are already in the round of 64, all three are favorites, Two of them are 10 seeds. It is so weird to me that I, I have such a not feel for it. I'm just totally laid out on all the Mountain West games pretty much. Uh, so I, I guess I like Missouri in that spot. I guess. Uh, I don't feel good about it. So, Chase, we're always looking for upsets. And I, I really think that this tournament is going to be prime for it. It's not like I'm going out on a limb. We've talked about the chaoticness of college basketball this entire season. But I found this interesting because I didn't really have a number until I got this in front of me. 10 of the last 11 tournaments have had the the first four, right? These first four games mm-hmm. that we have going on now over the next couple of days. In 10 of those 11 tournaments, at least one of the at-large participants has advanced to the second round. We've had two go to the Final Four, UCLA in 2021. VCU did it out of the first four in 2011. Three have reached the Sweet 16. This year's first four at-large teams are Mississippi State, Pittsburgh, Arizona State, and Nevada. Do you like any of those teams to make any sort of noise? Sight unseen, not seeing who the matchups are, not seeing who wins right. and who loses out of the games tonight and tomorrow. It's it's kind of hard to answer that. Mm-hmm. I do think I highlighted Pitt uh, both in the podcast that came out yesterday, Lions Edge, and in an episode last week about how Pitt has just generally been undervalued in the spread markets this year. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to do what you're saying, which is advanced to the round of 32 or beyond. But I do generally like Pitt as a value play, like plus 120 tonight to win outright. And then maybe we'll see what kind of points they get uh, in the in the matchup that would be to come on Thursday. Uh, I, I, I kind of like Arizona State in the other game. Again, I, I'd want to see if they win, what kind of points they get, what the matchups kind of look like. 
uh, how they look like tomorrow night. So that's a lot of ifs and buts, but the trend you're talking about, which is one that I talked about this week as well, it's it's clear as day. There's something going on with Mm -hmm. this mojo, play Tuesday, Wednesday, play again Thursday, Friday. Maybe it's like a rest versus rust thing. I don't know, but there is definitely something to it when it's 10 of 11. Chase, let's go over to the West because uh, Kansas, they got absolutely hosed, which I love to see as a uh, Kansas hater. You know this about me. So who do you got coming out of the West? Because you have, man, I mean, it's just loaded. I really like St. Mary's as a five seed. I have UConn going to the national title game. They're a four seed. The Zags don't play a whole lot of defense, but I really like their price, 20 to one to win it all. And they're a three seed. And then UCLA, even with some injuries, they're the two seed and really tough. Who do you like? Who do you think the value play is in the West? Or who do you have coming out of that region? So you were talking earlier about uh, Utah State and funky lines, right? Like yes. Utah State's a 10 seed, but they're favored over Missouri. I think it's interesting that Kansas is not the favorite to win this region. If you look at the final four odds over at BetMGM, it's actually UCLA. They're 3-1, to one, and Kansas is plus 350. Just looking at the bracket, not even looking at the odds, I like UCLA. There's lots of talk about how tough this region is uh, and how many good teams are in that. I think that's accurate. But if you strictly look at where those teams are, a lot of them are in the top half of that region, in the Kansas half. I think UCLA has a really nice run to the Final Four from the bottom part of that. I think Gonzaga could be upset by TCU in the second round. So I liked UCLA just from Jump Street. And then you see the numbers and the betting market kind of backs that up. That's one of the strongest sort of mid-tier futures I have in this tournament when you're looking at Sweet 16 odds and Final Four odds is UCLA at 3-1 to one to go to the Final Four out of that region. Uh, we've kind of been going over this a little bit over the last day as we get to the time to digest the bracket. Which path for a number one seed do you think is the easiest? Because we look at Kansas going, okay, they got hosed. That's probably the toughest side of the bracket. Which one do you think is the easiest path? And again, I put it in quotes because we know how March Madness can go, but just yeah. from looking at what we've got in front of us. I think Houston is generally my answer to this. I know there are going to be some people that say Alabama. I'm going to be a delusional West Virginia guy for just one second and say that's a tough second-round game. I'm not picking them or anything, so don't you – know, <laughs> nobody misquote me. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick Alabama in the bracket and then just be really excited if West Virginia can pull it off. I, I think it's Houston, though, because I think the top half of that bracket, the pod right under them with, uh, let's see, Drake, Indiana, Kent State, and Miami – I think that could be the total chaos portion of this bracket. It seems like every year, every other year, we see a 12 seed play a 13 seed. If that's going to happen this year, that's the part of the bracket I'm circling. I think they have a really easy run through the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight. Uh, I, I mean, I know one of the hot questions this week is uh, what's going on with, with Marcus Sasser and, and how is he going to recover? I feel like Ryan is the number one expert we could all turn to if we're talking about healing from a groin injury. Uh, he could maybe get involved in uh and give us some pointers there on how to bet it. But, yeah, I mean, I think the answer is Houston, and I think, uh, again, the betting odds market kind of bears that out. You got to get shot up with a lot of Tordal if you want to move on that thing, but it couldn't be done. Uh, I did get through Super Bowl week. You made it through just about, yeah. Almost. Yeah, uh, Chase, almost. who do you trust the most in the Big East? Let's actually – let's remove UConn out of the equation, though, and let's sure. go Marquette, Creighton, and Providence, who's only a four-and-a-half point dog against Kentucky. Who do you like most to make the deep run, if any, or maybe you think all of them get knocked out? So I'll give you two notes there. Um, you said we're taking out UConn, which I'm fine with for this conversation. Yeah. 
Uh, the other region besides the the West that I think is susceptible to a number one seed exiting early is is obviously uh, the Eastern region where Purdue is the number one. Uh, Matt Painter's NCAA tournament record is not great. He's never made a Final Four despite all those high seeds that Purdue's had over the year. Uh, and, and I think he is susceptible to upset as early as the second round uh, in this particular tournament. I think both Memphis and Florida Atlantic are really good and can give them a game. So if you're starting from that position, it's where can I look for a good seed in this in that particular region? And I think Marquette at the bottom, plus 450 to make the Final Four. I really like them to come out of that region. I know a lot of people like Duke. I understand why. Uh, I, I like the path for Marquette maybe a little better. Uh, and then up in the south region at the top left corner of the bracket, I'm not in love with Creighton, but I think if you look at the, the matchups they have and the path that they have, I think Baylor is susceptible because of how great offense, bad defense they are. Uh, I think the other teams in, in that, uh, that particular zone, I think Arizona has some injury concerns. Uh, so I think they have like a nice path maybe to the Elite Eight. I don't necessarily see them getting by Alabama uh, in the once you get to the regional final, but I think Creighton could be like not so much a sleeper, but a team you pick to win a couple games in your bracket that maybe people don't zone in on and identify correctly. Let's go to that Duke team real quick, Chase, because you know they were part of the conversation, not to the same degree as maybe a North Carolina, but of what's wrong with the Blue Bloods, what's wrong with Kentucky, what's wrong? Oh, Duke doesn't look. Then they got healthy, seventeen and one with a full roster, and you're going, okay, they win the ACC tournament. But they're a five seed right now. Uh, look, I, I don't think this team is winning a national title, but we've seen a team trending certainly upward strongly in the right direction at just the right time. Uh, I hear a lot now of Duke and Final Four. They're eight to one to make the Final Four. I bet would make the Elite Eight at plus four twenty-five. I just think there's certainly some value there, especially with just the way that they're playing right now. Uh, what do you think the ceiling is for this Duke team? Certainly a very trendy team. They're playing really well right now. They, I mean they. I don't want to say they coasted that ACC tournament title, but they mm. did look in control pretty much the whole time. Uh, but uh, Jim did a good job breaking this down last hour. Like Miami had injury concerns. UVA had injury concerns. So it's kind of hard to figure out what to do with them. I don't know whether you want to penalize them for Shire being in his first tournament or do you actually give them a bump for that because they've performed so well late despite his lack of overall coaching experience. I think they're playing well, and I think they're in a bracket, in a region, where it's winnable and it's it's not some unbeatable number one seed. So is the path there for them? Yes. Are the numbers right for them? Yes. I'm certainly picking them to win a couple of games. I don't think they're a bad Final Four pick. I do think they're really trendy at this point. And, you know, we all kind of look around when it gets to t March time and, and look for those trendy picks to not follow them because yeah. it always feels like they, they fall apart more so than usual at this point duke is so beloved it, it's i start to wonder is it is it contrarian to pick against them even <laughs> though they're a high seed like it, it's it's just one of those weird things where you have to sort of go, sort of go game theory with it when you start thinking about bracket pools I want one more game i wanted to ask you about really quickly drake was a three and a half point dog now they're down to two and a half against miami miami minus 145 on the money line what would you do in this one I kind of like Drake. Uh, I bet it. I didn't bet a lot on it. It's not one of my my higher bets for this week, uh, but I, I do like Drake. I just think Miami's susceptible. I think the ACC was not very good this year. It's not a you know that's not some unpopular opinion. I think most people agree on that. Uh, so I, I'm not super sold on Miami as a big team. And, and Larinaga 
you know, big name when you talk about March, the George Mason stuff was epic. But aside from one run he had in 2019 with Miami, when they were actually at 10 seed, they weren't even favored to do that much. He's had some good seeds in March, and he hasn't done a whole lot with it. I think six of the last seven years, uh, Miami has either not made the tournament or gone out in the first round. So I am not expecting big things from them. I definitely think they're on upset alert against Drake. Actually, one more I want to throw at you. Kent State, a four-and-a-half-point dog against Indiana. Really good at defending the low post. You have Trace Jackson Davis, who I absolutely love. But uh, what do you think about that matchup with Kent State only being a four-and-a-half-point dog to Indiana? Love Kent State. Uh, I bought Kent State plus the four-and-a-half. I bought Kent State money line to win outright. I bought Kent State at seven-to-one to make the Sweet 16. Uh, this is, if I'm looking at like, double-digit seeds to go on a run, this is the one that I like the most. I... There's a weird Mac bias, I think, because of the football stuff and the whole Maction Tuesday night thing that we do during football season. I think there's there's maybe some bias against what the conference is in basketball. It's a really good basketball conference the last five years. And not just good like, oh, they're plucky and, and you know maybe they can make some noise in March. They have consistently delivered upsets in the first and second round of the tournament. Uh, Akron almost takes out UCLA last year. Ohio does beat UVA two years ago. A couple of Buffalo wins four and five years ago. So the, 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 the MAC champion has consistently been really good in this tournament. They've been positive ROI value. And, uh, oh, yeah, they played Gonzaga and Houston earlier this year, almost to a draw early in the season. So battle tested as well. Chase, only got about 45 seconds, but I at least want to throw this out there for you. Are the Bucks the best team in the NBA now? Mm, they're playing really well. I think uh, I, I want to see the. I think they've got a game coming up against the Sixers again soon. Yep. I want to see how they go in that one. Uh, but it they're definitely on the on the short list at the very top. Number yeah. one, I don't know. No, tri Chase. No, no, no. Fifteen seconds. I'm making new rules here. <laughs> believer or non-believer in the Philadelphia 76ers? Come on the right. More side of a of believer than I was two months ago. Uh, that, that's all I ask. He's got one foot in the room with you. That's all I ask. One it may foot be, in the it room. Maybe Embiid MVP. I don't know. Just a small See, little ass. Chase, this is what it comes down to is really he just has an, a ticket on Embiid to win MVP, and he just wants the Sixers to win so Embiid can be MVP. Well, no, I, everybody's self-motivated, man. Hey, oh, we all are. Let's be honest. We're all yeah. in it for ourselves. Yeah. That, Chase Kitty, yeah, Lions Edge Podcast. Good talking to you again, buddy. Thanks, guys.